This episode is sponsored by our Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much for your continued support. If you're not a member yet, you can join our Patreon for as low as $1 per month to support the cast and crew of the Bardic College. Unlock bonus content featuring your favorite players, get exclusive access to shows you can't find anywhere else, and even get a chance to have Raz run a game of your choice. Visit us online at patreon.com slash thebardiccollege. Hello, my name is Lauren, but you probably know me as Catherine Ross. I'm here to let you know that if you love our content and want to feel the same dread, terror, and jubilation that I do, then make sure to check out Lurking Fears when you head out to your next convention. With a great group of professional storytellers, Lurking Fears is able to weave stories that will haunt you and take you to the very edge of madness, which is something I know a little bit about. Now, while specializing in Call of Cthulhu, Lurking Fears also runs games from a variety of other systems, so there's something for everyone. They're committed to running heavy RPG adventures that are driven by the narrative and, of course, by the player's choices. So, check out their Facebook page and follow them to keep on top of which con they'll be hosting games at next. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. Now, let's get back to the action and see what our Keeper Raz has in store for us. But if history has taught us anything, probably going to be bad news. You're listening to a 7th edition Call of Cthulhu podcast titled Cthulhu in Cairo, brought to you by the Bardic College. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to the show to receive notifications as our future episodes release. You can visit us on Facebook at the Bardic College. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Cthulhu in Cairo. I'm Raz, and I'm joined by the by the team. Uh, Ella is still not with us right now. She is in London being debriefed by M-Section uh, with Mr. Harry Reid, uh, or Agent Reid, who brought her back to speak to them regarding the mysteries of the Thule Society. That's what she's doing. So, But we're going to probably hear from Ella shortly. So let's find out exactly what happened there. We're not sure. Maybe we get to that. Maybe we don't. It depends on what happens here. So the team, when we last left you, as you remember, had been digging up Aveline Hammond's grave marker where she was supposed to be laid to rest after the brutal attack by Mueller in Kathmandu. And when Gustav came running back and said, I, you know, can I have some help? I'm not gonna be able to lift her out by myself. I want to do this properly. Everyone went to the gravesite. And as they dug, they struck iron or steel, dug away some more, found a German helmet from a soldier in the Wehrmacht, and then digging a little bit more, were able to reveal the top half of him. And there was a note tucked into his pocket of his coat. And it said, they came back. I couldn't let them take her. And it was signed by S, just the initial S. All right, and that's sort of where we left off. So it's been a it's been a little bit of time. So team, welcome back. I know this is a uh, dark tidings, but I'm glad to have everybody here around the mic and on you know headsets remotely and everything. Hope everybody's doing well. But let's see where we start with this one. So team, that's what you see. I know that everybody was kind of very much taken back by that. It's an understatement of the century. Yeah, Gustav himself doesn't understand. He looks just really confused. And Vadim's like, who is this? <laughs> I would like to open up uh, the discussion. Sure. Seeing this dead German soldier in the grave, I'm going to bring us back a little bit to uh, early episodes of Cthulhu and Cairo, uh, when Faye, one of her first run-ins, her first uh, one of her first uh, oopsies um, in that graveyard, being chased down by those dead German soldiers. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now I've set the scene. So um, that explains why Faye is completely pale, and she backs away while yelling get out of there get don't go near that thing get get out of there don't go near it 
Vadim and Joel are down in the hole, right? Yeah, Vadim and Jack were in with uh, Gustav trying to pull this well. They thought was going to be something more substantial than just one body, not in a grave or a coffin. I mean, not in a coffin, rather. Vadim just kind of looks confused at Faye and says, you know, he is dead, Faye. Yeah, I think Jack looks equally as confused. It's just a dead soldier. No, you don't understand. Both of you need to get out of there right now. Please, just, I don't ask for a lot. Get out of there. I do what the lady says. On her saying that, Vadim nods his head and uh, starts crawling out of the grave. Yeah, uh, Jack does the same. It's beginning to flurry. So it is getting, it is starting, it is the end of December in Nepal, so there is some snow. So I'm sure that brings back some memories as well of Russia. Like, wow, we're right back into the cold again. But yes, it is It is definitely flurrying. We should uh, rebury this body. Gustav's like, I, I, I agree, but is, is he on top? Is, was it deeper than this? I don't know. Should we go beyond this? Is, it, is, is she beyond this? The note implies your friend is no longer here. Yes, I would agree. Uh, it, it seems to me that he was placed here as a marker more than anything else, by the person that removed her. Can I please see the note? Handing it to Faye. Faye looks at it, and she reads it a few times, and you just kind of see her her brows just knit together. She's trying to figure out, and she elbows Catherine, and she has her take a better look at it. And Faye just kind of says, you know, softer, not under her breath, but she just kind of says in a more gentle tone, I think you and I might know who this is. Do you recognize the writing? I'm going to try to test it, but Catherine, are you on the same page as I am? Well, if the same page as you are is that one of our former friends and allies is not dead or disappeared off into the wilderness, never to be seen again, and is in fact, you know, alive and cognizant enough to exhume the body of another dear comrade, this is, this isn't normal. This is, do you have anything to test the handwriting? Because if it's one, that makes sense and is also creepy. If it's the second one, that's impossible. Yeah, I, I, no, I think I know who it is. And he and I used to share research and there might be some of his notes, but he was the one that signed us into the hotel. His signature would be in those records. If the hotel can... that we just pissed everybody off inside. Keeper, can we make some sort of luck roll to determine if we've kept any of Schoolie's old notes and books and things? Sure. Go ahead. You, you have Resourceful, right? I do, yeah. Okay, so with Resourceful, you can make a luck roll and see if you can find something that you have maybe even on your person. But Faye is right. I mean, the hotel would definitely have a, a copy of his signature. Yeah, then um, I'm going to roll on screen for this one. That's fine. Just because this is a very sensitive one. That makes it. It's a regular success, but it makes it. All right, so yes, you have either a, a, a book, uh, a journal, something that he was taking notes into, but you have a John Schooley, uh sample of his penmanship that you have are able to pull pull out from your luggage back at the back at the house. I wouldn't say it's on your person at this exact moment. Yeah. Then I turn to Catherine and I go, "He and I used to share notes, especially when we were discussing the archaeology and history of where we were going. So I think I have something of his, but." I don't want to deal with that thing in there. I think we should go. She looks in the hole. Yeah, that's that's spooky. I look around. Are there any like locals that are observing what the hell is happening? I mean, once in a while, someone walks down the street. It's not a true cemetery like with a wrought iron fence, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's these these markers on the side of you know this hill 
that looks out, you know, into a valley pass or something, you know, like that. Uh, it's just because not I mean, there are some Christians, I'm sure, somewhere in the areas, you know, uh, that have that have a proper sort of burial or put up a mark, uh, you know, it's just a simple mark, maybe not a cross, just a piece of stone with a name. But it's not that's not the only tradition out here. I mean, there's still a lot of people that observe. Of different course. Customs. So. Right. So but yes, you do. I mean, right now, there's no mourners or anybody visiting the cemetery besides you. Uh, I mean, them seeing you dig a hole, maybe you're digging a new one, but there is a marker there. So it's but nobody's putting two and two together. Plus the snow starting. So most people are just trying to get their stuff done and get inside. Gentlemen out of the hole, cover it up. Yeah, they, they go ahead and, re, re, you know, re-secure him as best as possible. Uh, the snow is starting to get, you know, it's picking up. But by the time you're done, figure it's snowing at a what would be like the first part of a, you know, a decent squall coming in. It's going to be a couple inches, if not, you know, maybe 10. But, you know, this is normal for this time of the year in this area. Do you make your way back to the uh, to Chorgi's old residence where the girls are? Yeah, I want to get to uh, I want to get to my luggage and I want to put this theory to bed as soon as possible. So I am. Going as fast as my little legs will carry me. Do I wish I'd pilfered his pockets? Yeah, but, you know, we could have maybe found more information. Potentially, maybe. But Well, he's not going anywhere if you I, want to read. I know, but it's, it's a snow it's thing a now. But Just don't snow. tell yeah. Faye that you're going. And yeah, right. it, it would upset Faye. And we also, I want to know, like, now about this whole thing. Where's Ella when you need her, damn it? I know, it's, I wish. London. See, now we always give her so much shit for like, you know, putting herself in danger, but man, are those gifts useful. Ella, we love you for so many different reasons. This is the Aveline theory that we always seem to have. Like, don't go off by yourself. Would you please go off by yourself? Don't use your goddamn <laughs> gifts. Could you please use your goddamn gifts? Well, so, it's the type of Ella, character that she makes. Okay? We love you. There's it's right. They have they yeah. have a very specific it's, niche it's not like, at a very specific moment. It's not like, oh, Vadim, don't you smuggle. <laughs> <laughs> don't smuggle, smuggle, Vadim. Like, ha- stop doing that. Like, <laughs> you know. Vadim, stop running numbers. <laughs> uh, How dare you organize like a bookie's office? Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, everyone makes their way back, and Jack, as you come up towards the door, and uh, Anya comes running up, the young one. She goes, "Mr. Jack, Mr. Jack, um, uh, there was man here, man, a villager here, and he's he was watching, and Lakeisha, uh, she, Lakeisha, she, 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 she waved him off with one of your guns from trunk. Uh. She scared him off. She scared him off. Oh dear God." What did he look like? In what direction did he come from? He's outside villager from town. He lives in small house. That way, Mister Mister Jack. That way up the hill. And but she point gun at him, and she tell him go away and not not to come around anymore. But he he he's been watching, and I I think I see him some other times, Mister Jack. More more than just once. What did he look like? Can you tell me? He looked like villager from town. He he's not. Uh, oh, like a lo- to- like someone local, not like. Yes, yes, local. Live at the edge of town. Oh, up, up on the hill over there, where the, uh, up the side behind, over, over here behind the high ground. She's like, and she's very frantic. But you see, standing in the doorway with one of your long thirty odd six type guns is the four, the fifteen year old, and she just <laughs> and clocks it again. <laughs> she's just like, I've she's just never looking been at more you proud. like. <laughs> I figured she'll do wonderful on the range. <laughs> <laughs> She's a natural. Uh, so I'm sort of leaning towards taking the little one with me to ID the guy and go to his house. How's everybody else feel about that? Vodham's down. If you and Vodham want to go, uh, Catherine and I can figure out this note. All right. Sound, that sounds fine. Okay, dear. Splitting the party. Uh, show me where the man lives. Take us, take us there. And uh, Uncle Jack will find him and get him to talk to us. 
Okay, Uncle Jack. He he. I don't know why he he acting all kind of crazy and weird. But this is not. I show. We show you. We show you. Letitia, Letitia, come on, come on. Can we show him? She's like, I'm not going. I stay and I protect the house. So yeah, yes. Lakeisha can stay behind. She can protect the others. She 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 drops the rifle butt down by her foot and tries to to give you a best British salute. Make make sure the safety's on, dear. Don't just swing it around. (laughs) We don't want to accidentally kill any friends. Yeah. Um. No one get in here, Mister Jack. Sounds good. Very good. I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Love her. Um. I turn to Catherine because I kind of I feel like I just made that decision for her. So I just look at her and I go. I mean. We can go with them now if you want. You're itching to get your hands on that note. And if it's a local, it's not one of, you know. Yeah. I I turn to Anya one more time just to confirm, sweetie. This isn't, I point to the the group. Basically, like, this isn't a white person. Oh, she says, oh, no, no. He's, uh, we know him. His name's Jenki. Okay. Jenki live on side of hill over there. He's just. Excellent. Okay. So it's not potentially an angry German or. Soldier, left over by Mueller, or S. Not men who take, no, not speak the language of men who took us. Nobody like that. Nobody big, nobody tall. Excellent. Okay, boys, go. We will stay with um, Annie Oakley over here, and we're going to identify this note. So, uh, boys, you start heading up with her. Snow's coming down. I mean, I mean it's not going to impede a, a walk for a Russian and a, and an Englishman in you know, high socks and shorts from the from the Serengeti. Uh, wearing socks and shorts. <laughs> socks. What are you talking about, <laughs> Chris? <laughs> You're in your best Highland Highlander Grenadiers outfit without minus the kilt, shorts and a and a, and a tall knee sock. I thought that's what you want to wear. You want to be British. I mean, that's British, 1931. No, you have those little tassels on the confusing. socks. Uh, yeah, I think you're confusing roles here. This is the uh, the <laughs> boots that that lace all the way up to the knees with the the tan the tan safari pants, the jacket that holds all the bullets. <laughs> that's very Hollywood. Must must take a long time to put on those boots. It takes quite a while. Yes. <laughs> All right, so you start making your way through town in the snow. Uh, again, this, the streets are already, with the exception of a couple of people driving a few yak back to their homes, uh, the streets are quite, fairly quiet in Kathmandu at this time of year anyway, but it is definitely coming down. So, uh, But you'll be able to get there. And it's about an eight-minute, ten-minute walk. Uh, ladies, you pull out the books. You run through some things through your luggage, and you are able to definitely pull up a note from a pad or a book that John had been working on and compare the handwriting. Uh, go ahead and make me a library check. I'm used to reading Doctor's Chicken Scratch. To me, that's beautiful penmanship, but I can't tell you whose it is. It's magnificent S's. The curl on the S is magnificent. Wow, you can see letters. See, it's really because I'm a librarian in real life and my phase library skill is like... Actually, it's not the worst. All right, let's give her a shot. Um, you know what? I'm going to roll two because what's the worst that could happen? That is a 15, which is a hard success. <gasps> on a Look 15. at that. I'm not going to roll now. Save it. There you go. With uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt, with no other intention whatsoever, this looks exactly the opposite of what you were expecting. No, I'm joking. I, the S looks very schooly. It looks very much like a John Schooly S. I have them next to each other and I'm just pointing between the two and I just look at Catherine and I go, it's him. It has to be him. We should have never left him. We should have put him on that plane and just, I, there's not a day that goes by that I don't regret leaving him there. And now look at this. Now God knows what he's doing and what the man's crazy. Yes. Now he's got, now he's just wondering the, 
Nepalese wilderness, and he has a body. Yeah, a body of one of our very close friends. Um, a body is... that um, Gustav was sent to return at all costs. What do we think? Where Gustav... is Gustav? Sitting there listening to you two talk. Oh, oh, great. Hi. Um... <laughs> Would you care for some tea? A body that Gustav was meant to take back with him. Body that... Where is Gustav? Over here. Oh, thank you, Gustav. It's like, Excellent. I didn't hear oh, you come in. Cover your ears. When we say crazy, we don't mean... We mean, you know when, like, you go out to a bar and you go, wow, he's crazy, look at him go, and he's just standing on a table? That's the kind of crazy that we mean. Table standing crazy. Yes. Table standing table crazy. Sta- crazy. Not grave robbing crazy. Um, If Gustav is there, I just, I want to have a moment alone with Catherine then to discuss this because... Yeah. Gustav, Gustav will, yeah, he would step outside if you, if you ask him to. He's, he understands that there's, you know, secrets and things that need to be discussed. Now that we're alone, what the fuck? Yeah, what the fuck is right? What the hell is he doing? Schooly, not Gustav. It's, uh-huh. do you think, where do you think he is right now? Um, well, we could, we could, you know, ask the locals about a six foot, was he Nova Scotian? He was Canadian. That's, that's the only thing. A six-foot Canadian man with, you know, some sort of mountain beard lugging around a dead woman. I think it was Newfoundland, wasn't it? New Brunswick. New Brunswick. Wow. We were <laughs> we'll get it right okay. one day. A New Brunswickian. <laughs> he was New Brunswickian. <laughs> the point is, uh, she, Catherine would have called him a Canadian. Brunzite. <laughs> He's a Brunzite. Uh, anyway, a six-foot-tall white man lugging around a body. Yeah, um, I don't know about you, but I don't really feel like going to poll the masses right now. No. I, what the fuck are we going to tell Jack and Vodham? They already think that we're weird. Yeah. And if we go, hey, you know those people in that really nice picture outside of this bar that we showed you and we talked about loving memories? Well, one of them is lugging around the other's dead body. And you know where I bet he's probably trying to go? What? To find our other fallen comrade. To do what? I don't know what I don't know what he's doing with Aveline. What the hell do you expect from me? Okay, I think I think we are if I'm being completely honest with you, I think we may be taking things a bit too far. And that's me talking. Maybe he was just trying to help because there's a German soldier now where Aveline was going to be. So what were they gonna do? Hmm. What were they gonna do? I don't know if I could have any kind of guess. I mean Mueller keeps coming back from the dead, so probably something like that oh good god can you imagine no no i'm not even gonna all right listen what are we gonna tell them should we just be like flat out and honest i mean it's i don't think there's any other way i mean when when i try to be like when i try to not tell people things it i come out like i I don't know if you know me very well i I come across like really um awkward Uh uh-huh yeah when i try to conceal things it doesn't end very well and then you know I lose friendships and people never speak to me again. Um, so, yeah. not that I'm wor- quite worried about that because we're all stuck together. Uh-huh. But I don't have a good poker face is what I'm trying to say. And I feel, I really feel like we, maybe we should divert some of our resources and attention into finding them. All right. So back to the boys. Guys, you uh, make your way up this mountain hill. It's a slope. It's not, I don't want to say it's a mountain, but it's, it's definitely like a good 20, 22 degree incline. It goes up the side of this, this you know, the side of this large 
hill itself. Uh, the, the snow is now it's probably about a half an inch on the ground. Uh, you do see some villagers. They kind of wave and nod to you. Just keep moving about themselves, getting everything organized. People are collecting firewood to make sure that they bundle into the house as much as they can to keep it dry because it's going to, you know, it's going to start coming down like it is. And uh, she says, over over here, Mr. Jack, over here, Mr. Vodham. It's this one right here. This I think he live here. He's right here. Vodham looks to Jack as, you know, asking like with his eyes, do you want to knock? Oh, yes, absolutely. And I just walk right up to the door and bang on the door with the back of my gun. Boom, boom, boom. With a gun? Hello there. Come on out. Come on. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Just do, do, do. Handgun. Handgun on the back. I of the understand door. that so many times in movies, we dismiss the thoughts of children and the ideas like if they had just listened to the children, none of this would have happened. But do you really, a, a gun, Jack? That's how we're, oh, we're asking this man to come out. Vodham kind of whispers up into uh, beside Jack and says, uh, sometimes, as you say, discretion is the better part of valor, Mr. Cavendish. And this is the guy who pulled it on the, on the man who owned a, a, ba- a par in the third set. He's like, you're going to. So I'm not no, sure this is the listen. Nobody- you know what? We all, we all slip up. Okay. You know, sometimes. This is the most gun trigger group. Do, do you think that do you think it's too much? I'm sorry. I just you know perhaps I'm taking the tutorship of these girls too seriously. No, no. The door cracks up a little bit. Uh, yes. Oh, you, you're Mister. Um, you, you would. Yes. Is, is your name Jenky? Yeah, it's Jenky. Yes. I. I he steps out, shuts the door. How can? Oh, Anya. Do we push our way in? Uh, I didn't think you were going to. He's coming out to talk to you. Yeah, no, it's fine. We can deal with him. Out Private here. conversations are <laughs> more of a lot of times smack him around if we you have should. to. Beatings are usually best done behind doors. Oh, you go. <laughs> I, said, I said a private conversation. I heard. So, so Ms. while the nine-year-old goes, hit him again, Mister Jack, hit him again. Give it a like, so, like, Mister Janky. You, you seem to have a very strong interest in in the girls and 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 that hotel building. Could, maybe you could tell us what's going on. Uh, yes, um, uh, you scared you scared the girls, and that's not acceptable. I did not mean to. Uh, Nubek Chung, who is elder of village, sort of like your mayor, has asked to keep eye on things with girls. I have been over many days just making sure if, uh, food, if food be needed, they bring food from bar, from pa- from restaurant. They know that bartender bring food. So you're taking care of the girls. That's what you're saying. You're. No, Mr. No, Mr. British. No, I Cavendish. The name is Cavendish. You can call me Mr. Cavendish. Mr. Cavendish. No, I I'm only asked to make sure they're okay in the house. No one tried to hurt them in the house, but we no go near. Uh, Mr. Nubak Chong say just just make sure they're okay. Just make sure not to not to interfere. Just I didn't mean to scare. I just keep eye on. Yes, I understand. I I think in future, maybe tell Mr. Nubak Chong that uh, the children are fine. They're under our care, and and you don't need to stand out and scare them any longer. I will not do, Mister. Mr. Yes, Mr. Jack, that would Jack be Cavendish a bad idea. Finish. Yes, she had big gun. I didn't know that. So many yes. guns. Well, <laughs> was a... she's a smart girl. She learns quickly. Those are my guns. They're under my care. Oh, these girls. Oh, your guns. I tell Mubek Chung. Done. We no longer need to see on the girls. Everything okay? Yes, because if we do see you again, you do understand that that would be a problem that I will solve. I'm a small village. I'm. I get. I do things all over village when not snow. I plant my fields here. I plant. I don't. I don't know. We not see. Are you leaving soon, Mister Jack British, Mister Cavendish, sir? That has not yet been determined. 
Well, I, I wish, well, whatever it is, I wish you good, clean, once this storm passes, clear skies and safe journeys. I'm so sorry. I, I, I've known her, I know Anya and Lekshisha since they were little in mother's arms, in, in Chogi's arms. I know them all this time. Then why are you scaring them? No, I not mean to I say, Mr. Jack Cavendish. Village scared think many spirits on house. I've just been told make sure no one goes near house and hurt them. Because we know that they are alone right now, but and to make sure they at least have something, but not to approach. And that's kind of where I scare. I didn't mean to scare her. I just want you to understand, as scared as you are of the spirits, should you bother the girls again, I will be the worst spirit you meet. Do you understand me? Uh, yes, yes, Mr. That's British good. Jack Cavendish. Now you can go back inside. Thank you. May I? Yes, you may. Vodham takes his hand and like clasps on Jack's shoulder and just gives him a smile. And he's like, sometimes it's the little things, right? <laughs> he winks at Vadim, looks down at the little girl and says, everything's okay now, Anya. Let's go back. Tell your sister she's done good. Yes, you uh, you definitely convinced Jen Key not to peer into the girls, at the girls anymore or go around the house. Everything appears to be, you know, he seems fine. He just goes back inside. He's very apologetic though. Like, oh Jesus, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. Okay, so you make it back down. By now, it's snowing pretty hard. Uh, it is going to come down, and you know that from the bottom from the skies and stuff, this definitely looks like something that's going to last at least, you know, 18 to 20 hours. So it's probably going to drop, you know, a good 10 inch, 8, 10 inches of snow on the ground. Nice. But everybody's, you know, everybody's settled and safe. So if, uh, in the meantime, back to you ladies, you have, you know now that it's Schoolie's handwriting. You know that Aveline, or are you assuming that Aveline is with him in his possession, or he's taken her or hit her somewhere? What else were you looking to to try to figure out from his notes, or is there something else you were looking to do? Do you want to go back to... I can't believe I'm saying this. Do you want to go back to that body and look for more stuff? Keeper, the, where was the note in the, th- in the German soldier's hand in his pocket? In the so he was wearing the longer winter gray coat mm-hmm. of the Wehrmacht. It was in his a pocket that sits up here, like normally where we'd either keep papers or cigarettes. Okay, it was tucked. It it was it was sticking out just like that. So like a, a breast pocket on a jacket. Okay, I may be able to determine how long our friend has been there. However, it's cold. Catherine, make a medical roll. Give me a, if you get a right success, I can let you know that right now. Uh, forty nine regular success. Well over, you know. Two weeks. I mean, just, but hard to tell anything. It's it's he's he's past rigor mortis. He's oh, back yeah. down to he's beyond all the stiffening. Everything's loosened up again, and there's already some decay Ooh, on him. He probably but was very fragrant. Get, but the ground is also very cold, so it's you would really have a hard yeah. time getting a a clear okay. gauge of that. Yeah. Um, I expressed this to Faye. Like it's it's hard to say for certain. The ground is so cold. He hasn't had any work done to get you know. Yeah. Um. Two weeks, maybe more, but and in those two weeks, we have no idea where he could have even exactly gone. Exactly. Wait, I have an i, I have an idea. Um, I'm wondering if maybe, if it, if it was John, do you think that he might have come back here to poke around and like look for clues? Maybe Anya and Lakshitha saw him. Why wouldn't they say something? They I knew. Don't... They knew him. Th- this is the guy that wouldn't get in the plane. You'd think they'd say, well, girls. Mm. No, you're right. I mean, we can ask. Um, She's standing there at the door. Yeah. Has she just been st- standing there like some sort of gremlin? Like, No, like a guard. Oh. Like a Ex- gremlin. Excuse me, sir. Um, Attention, soldier. Could I have your... Yes. Um, Report. 
Nothing but snow. Nothing but snow. I have a question. My sister not back yet, nor Mr. Cavendish or Mr. Gadaverlov. His name is hard to say. It is hard to say, love. They're all going to take care of each other. Um, like she said, we have a question for you. I'm going to pull out the picture of all of us. And I, I point to John's face. And I just say, now I know you remember him from the last time we were here. Have you seen him around at all after we left on the plane? No, not seen any since all of you fly away. Last three were you and other British lady and you two. Yes. Um, great. That's what we thought. Yeah. And I know that the, the town has been unkind to you lately. Um, you haven't heard any rumors of um, more outsiders coming, weird things happening, you know. They avoid us. Um, they know they don't want to. It's all right. Um, return to your post, soldier, and gives her a little salute. She stamps her bare foot and she kind of gives that yeah, jump step salute. Right. And then goes back and keeps looking out the window by the door, just looking at the, the, the front of the yard. You know, that this is where she's looking out to is that big entryway. The fence is all around the property, but that's the entryway that leads up to the, the uh, working sheds where all the mountaineering equipment was kept. And, you know, there's a small, there's like three or four mules that are kept in the backyard. But yeah, stuff like this. So she's got a, an overview of the entrance uh, to coming into the property. So what do you want to do? The impulsive idiot in me is wants to go up that mountain and yell out for him and see if he comes out and cause an avalanche because it's the middle of december that's why i said it was the stupid impulsive side of me glad we can agree on that um i don't see how we can go up into the mountain we almost not to be too i mean we did okay but by okay i mean that I mean, I, personally, I smacked my face off the damn thing coming down the mountain the whole way. It, I don't, I, I'm not keen to go up there again, especially given all that happened. I don't want to either, but I don't even know what to do. All right, boys, you're back. Lakthisha says, oh, here they come. Anya's here. And, and Mr. Jack and Mr. Vadim are here too. Excellent. They're coming back up the drive. Um, would you like to be relieved of your post? No, I'm good. Okay. I got this. You, I trust you implicitly. Um, right. Here's an idea. It's potentially bad. It's potentially stupid. Those are my favorite kinds. Oh, God. Maybe I just won't say it then. As Jack walks up to the girl, um, uh, was it Lak- Lakshana? Um, Lakshitha. 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 I-, I ask her if I can just see the gun really quick and make sure everything's okay for her. And I, I, mm-hmm. uh, I make sure that it's unloaded. Oh, no, it's loaded. Uh, yeah, I unload it. While she- I turn my back and unload it. Okay. And then uh, I give it back to her, snap in and says, okay. looks good, dear. You're doing a great job. Keep it up. And I and I just palm the shells in my jacket. Jack, go ahead and make a listen roll. Adam, you can too, since you're all there with doing that. Yep. That's a no for me. That is a 66 and a six, because I get the bonus die. So that's a six. That's a critical success for me. You hear the gun reload. As he hands it back to her. <laughs> so you hear... There you go, darling. Everything seems to be in order. And as she walks away, you hear, <laughs> she has bullets in her pocket and she reloaded one of the chamber. It's like, okay. I love her so much. Oh my God. I wanted to be on the team. Vadim smiles and quickly thinks to himself, if she's clever enough to do that, she's clever <laughs> enough to handle a loaded gun and doesn't say a word. 
<laughs> I, my my children should be so good with weapons. Absolutely. <laughs> right. She was just like He gives her a oh. wink and a look of him like Well no, on. she thinks he needed the bullet. He's like, Oh, okay, well that's his gun. I guess he needed a bullet. I'll take <laughs> and she just reloads. She thinks nothing. She's like, I'm not even sure why he did that. She's you know, she's been in the she's done some hiking with her family and some climbing. So to her having, you know I was just thinking dislocated tiny shoulders. That's all I was thinking. Uh, she's 14, almost 15. She's She can handle. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's going to be a hell of a, a knock, but she probably could. If she plants herself right, she should be able to handle it. Or you could give her a smaller gun, you know, not one of your cannons. <laughs> you just swap out something a little yeah, bit no, more. It's, it's not a cannon. I, I think you gave her the um, the 30-odd six. Yeah. Pretty yeah, big it's, rifle. It's either that or a 10-gauge. A 10-gauge would just completely knock her on her butt. Yeah, 10 gauge is not. That's, yeah. that's definitely a different type of weapon. All right, so uh, you go back inside. Uh, the girls, t- I guess, are going to quickly fill you in that there's uh, the handwriting appears to be that of an old associate and one of the people that they've told you about in their the travels through Nepal and India, Jack, John Schooley, who they are now absolutely 100% convinced, wrote the note and signed it with the letter S. I, I am confused. I thought you were, sadly, I with respect, thought your compatriots were no longer in this world. Two of them aren't. John Schooley stayed behind when we fled. He left you? Um, that sounds bad when you put it that way. Did he stay to protect the village? He stayed out of guilt? Yeah. Horror? He... There were things that happened on that mountain that I don't we're not going to bear repeating, but John Schooley had to do something and it cost him a lot mentally, physically. And because of what happened up there is the reason why Sid died on that mountain. And the guilt was too much for him. And he just sent us ahead and we left. We were all so broken and so also fleeing. Perhaps he stayed behind to make things right. He could have made things right if he came with us, but it's, we're not going to get into details. But the point is that... Well, Faye, I mean, if we're talking about him staying behind to make things right and a way to potentially determine what the hell happened, we could always go up to... No. The... You want to go back up there? Not... Not all the way up the mountain. It's the middle of December. We'd freeze to death. I'm talking about that... The village. You know, the one with the... Yeah. What uh, What happened in this village that uh, required it to be saved? Well... Group psychosis, some might call it. A sort of sickness was released upon it? A sickness of the mind? You know how much you don't like uh, when Ella does uh, heebie-jeebie magic stuff? Yes, I'm familiar with what you say. John Schooley did some heebie-jeebie magic stuff on a very large level, and it had very large consequences, including driving a village into a group psychosis. Mental. It was bad, um, but he didn't do that on purpose. That wasn't his goal. His goal was to save us, and he through his. Actions affected this village. Yeah. Sounds irresponsible. <laughs> well. 
would uh, would there not be local talk of village? Should we uh, could we not find out here if there has been word? I mean, if village is filled I with couldn't tell you the name psychoses and crazy people, would not uh, people here know this? I mean, you're probably right. If I knew the name of the village beyond oh, the village where that had the shop where the person was selling pelts. No, we I we don't need to fill in those details. I mean, we don't even have to, Catherine. We don't even have to know the name. I mean. Maybe we could just ask about a village full of mad people. Go ahead and make a knowledge roll. Who? Which is education. The girls, please. Oh, success. I rolled a 91. So, uh, oh, goodness. 33. Catherine, the name that you re- that you think you recall is Loha Jung. L-O-H-A-J-U-N-G. Loha Jung. That sounds very familiar. It rings a bell. So we could always inquire after Loa Jung. It is in a different country. Remember, it's over the border. Oh. And you did have to fly to get there. Oh, that's right. Oh, nuggets. You had to parachute out, remember? Oh, So it's it's gracious. days away. Okay. Yeah. So I also expressed that that's also a factor. I completely forgot that we'd par- that it was on the parachute side of the trip. Yeah. You had to fly there and back. It's not a walk. I mean, you can walk it, but it would, it's days and days. Yeah, why, why do that? It. Yeah, we'd have to hire a plane. Yes, we would. In the middle of winter. Well, you're going to need one to get out of here eventually, so yes, that could happen. Do you feel need to go there? Is this important? Maybe maybe it offer a clue to what has happened to this man? I mean, maybe? It would make sense. I mean, I don't know if he's there now, but... Was there somewhere else here that was important to this uh, person? Was there a place that was special? We've already asked the girls if he's been here. This place was special to him? This is where we all stayed for like se- for several weeks. Faye just has a moment where she just looks like she's putting two and two together and she looks up at Catherine and goes, the monastery, the monastery that he visited when he was here, the one that I don't remember everything that he told us, but he went there and he had some connections with it. He said that it was helping him connect more with his inner self, whatever. I, It might be worth a shot. It's what we can do that, I mean, for now, that's not, you know, going up into the wilderness or renting a plane and flying to a village full of potential people under the effects of magical psychosis. So, and it's something that we can do right now. So exactly. I'm up for anything. If we have to stay here, may as well try that. Happy Christmas, everyone. That was really loud. All right. So as far that thunder was. Yeah, it's really loud. Listeners, if you can hear this, welcome I to can the honestly, I, Lounge of the Bardic College. So we were going to say, we're going to just mention this real quick in Cthulhu and Cairo, and we may leave this in the episode. It's up to our esteemed editor. Thursdays in New Jersey are ridiculous. It is always something going on on Thursdays. It's the weirdest thing. You will have days of just blah, 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 and then hell breaks loose, and then four or five days are good, and then hell breaks loose. Is it? I mean, it's unbelievable how bad New Jersey is on Thursday. Fuck Thursday! Okay, yeah, fuck on. Thursday. I honestly <laughs> think that we're cursed. That's just my... Fucking Thursdays. God! I know. So a few days, what we're going to do is, team, we're going to advance past the snow. So the snow, because really, there's nothing you can do here or now. You're not going to make any climbs up into the wilderness to try to find a, you know, a yogi or any type of holy man with a you know, from a small monastery in the mountains. So unless there's something specifically you want to do, I'm going to go ahead and advance the the, the days, of, you know, through the snowstorm. I'm going to make a roll here. Ooh, okay. Uh, that's seven days on and off of just really crappy 
blistering weather before there's a break. Seven days? It's not full snow all the time. Good it's Lord. a lot of wind. It's snow. It's icy rain. It's just, by the time the accumulations are done, it's not even that it's you know, 26 inches of snow. It's just it, it's just one of those things where you live on the side of a mountain. And when, when the squalls come in in bad weather, it's just, it can hold. And because it just happens that way. It's atmosphere. Like when, out here, we have bad days. You have snow, then a little bit of rain, then you have cold, freezing cold, and then it freezes overnight, and it gets worse. So it's just seven days of pretty much Kathmandu in all of its glory. The girls talk about their family. You get to know them a little bit more. But on the seventh day at about 10 a.m. as, as the city's coming back, the, the village is coming back to life. The sun's coming up. The, the w- temperature's breaking a little bit. It's in the high 30s already. So you're going to have a good day of moving around. You could probably start working out how to get another plane in here. You do hear the sound of an engine go overhead of a plane flying, coming in pretty low uh, over the top of the, of the, the house itself. And, um, you know, Anya is excited, so she goes. She throws on some shoes real quick. She goes running out and looks. She says, "It's low. It looks like it's going for the field." I look at the rest of the group and I go, "It's not. It's it's too early for Ella, right?" I don't know. With this snow, I wouldn't think she would probably have been able to catch a flight here. I, I can I can go and reconnoitre if you'd like and and find out what kind of plane it was, whether it was civilian or Big military. Big word, Cavendish. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard this. I have heard similar. So you check, you get dressed up. Yeah, Anya's really, she's taken to you. Guys, we didn't What's do that? anything for Christmas. Like, No, you didn't. But I, I'm honestly, I, I'm a little too depressed for Christmas right now. <laughs> well, we're not really in a Christian part of the world at the moment anyway. I'd like it known that Catherine makes a slightly bigger meal than they Excellent. had the day before. <laughs> there we go. beans and toast. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone and toast and toast and toast. Yeah. And toast. Oh, Merry and Christmas toast. to us. I just want it known. <laughs> And uh, Jack, so Anya goes out with you. Did anybody else want to take the walk over to the airfield? Uh, it is a hike. Remember, it's about 10 minutes outside of town. You know, it's going to take him probably about 40 minutes to get there. Uh, as we're walking, I, I take my um, binoculars and I put them around her neck and I say, okay, now it's going to be your job to look from as far away as possible and, and tell Uncle Jack whether it's a military plane or just a regular people plane. If it's military, it'll have a big symbol on the side. I see that as soon as I get close. You're wow! You're real close now. This is these are nice. So you're walking, and she sees it. She goes, "No, no, it looks like it has skis on plane, bit small plane, not many skis, but skis on it." Does it have a symbol on the side? No, no, numbers, letters, no symbols. Numbers and letters. Okay, all right, good. What color is it, dear? Is it is it silver? Is it shiny? Um, it's yes. Is it light or is it dark? Do you want these things? Sure, sure, sure. If you want to hand <laughs> them to me. I, di- I didn't want to take them away, but yes, absolutely. <laughs> no, I mean, you've got lots of questions. I don't want to make, I mean, it looks shiny to me. She hands them up to you. Okay, like, I Jesus take a Christ. look. <laughs> well, <laughs> she's not giving it, She's not giving me a whole lot to go from, so you know what I mean? Is it, six, is it a six-tonner? It's, it's like your <laughs> standard road trip anywhere with a kid, you know, 150 questions. <laughs> Yeah, but you were the one asking him, not the child. That was the, it was a reverse well, road I trip. I was trying to get, you know, actual information. It's okay. Is the pilot, is the, is, from here, can you see his scarf? Is it silk? Um, all right. So <laughs> you look at the plane. It's definitely, uh, uh, it's an, even by today's standards, it's a little bit of an older model. Single prop probably holds two people and a couple pieces of luggage. It's seen better days, but it's it's the kind that can actually land in snow and ice. You know, come down on the on the on the rails like a ski snow. And you've already are seeing that you know someone has come out to meet the plane with some pack mules. And from the binoculars, you believe you see Ella Walcott. 
So she must have hustled to get back here and then came as soon as the storm broke on the other side on in, in India. Okay, okay. Um, so I look down and I say, well, it, it looks, dear, like it, it's a friend of Uncle Jack's. Why don't you go back and, and tell find Miss Dawson and Miss Ross and and, and, and Mr. Gavriloff and, and let him know that it, it looks to be a friend of theirs called Ella. You can say Ella, correct? Ella, correct. Yep, yes. I got her name. Yes. Ella, correct. There you go. Very good. All right. You rush back now and you tell them that, that Ella has arrived and that, that Uncle Jack is going to help her. You want me to, she says, you shouldn't be out here alone. She pulls up one of your pistols out of the back of her pants. Good God. She says, we shouldn't be alone, Mr. Jack. Here, take this. No, no, I I have several on me, dear. You can keep that with you. Just make sure you keep the safety on. Oh, she puts the safety back on. You're going to be famous. So you don't need this one? No, no, no. It's perfectly fine. I have other. (laughs) Anya. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you have the keys to my, to my. (laughs) My compartment. That I feel so secure when you're around. You and your sister, <laughs> such small, nimble fingers. All right, rush back now. Yes, yes. Keep the safety. Oh, I... You know where the safety is, right? And I show her the safety yeah, again. She's got two fists of guns oh, in her hand God. as she's barreling down the center of the street. But she's. I might have to adopt this girl. <laughs> you see, uh, you make your way down, Jack, and Lady Zanya comes running in. Va- Jack uh, Vadim. She says, uh, "Ella, correct is here." Mister Jack, say, "Ella, correct." She's here. She come on ski plane. Ella? Ella correct. Ella correct. What the hell's an Ella correct? <laughs> Mr. Jack say her name is Ella. Can you say Ella correct? I said Ella correct. You know who it is. Stop being indignant. Let's go. I only and know I'm... her as Ella very wrong. So <laughs> I am already out the door. I'm putting my coat on very slowly. No, face pulling the whole my I'm hopping in my boots on my way to the door. My scarf is on backwards. I'm I have my coats on inside out. I just want to go to Ella. I'm very excited to see her. Yeah, I make I make my way to the plane after uh, Anya runs back. And I think that's where we'll stop it for tonight. And we'll get to the listeners here next time exactly what Ella has to say about her time in London. Um, it She was able to get make quite a bit of distance coming from London into India. There was no storms all the way there. But when she got there, it was a day or two delay for her. And then she made her journey. She took off very, very early this morning to make her final push from New Delhi. So thanks for listening. Uh, We'll join with Ella and the rest of the team next time and find out what happened to her in London. Uh, It's going to be quite interesting to get the group's perspective on M section and what's happening with Operation Poltergeist. Uh, But please don't forget to like, share, subscribe. We are trying to do all new things. We're also looking at possibly getting the uh, podcast onto YouTube. So if you have friends that are like, oh, I don't want to listen to the Op- Cthulhu and Cairo because it's not there on Spotify and or it's on Spotify and I don't listen to it. We're going to try to reach out to other platforms as well because we are growing and we want to keep growing. And we thank you for that. So, um, yeah, until next time, thank you from all of us. And we'll talk to you then. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cthulhu in Cairo. You can like, share, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. The music you're listening to is Return of the Mummy by the great Kevin McLeod. Join us next time to see where our intrepid explorers find themselves next.